Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Follow along with us. Romans chapter 2, verse number 12. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which shew the works of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. May we pray. Father, how I thank you for each and every one that is here, all that are joining us online. Lord, I thank you, Father, for uh, the presence we've already felt of you being with us and how encouraged that we are today. Thank you for your word. And now, Lord, I pray that we would speak, Lord, uh, through your spirit to the these people, uh, Lord, that they would understand, God, how you'd have us to be. And Lord, let me not hinder nor get in the way, I pray in Jesus' name and amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so... Let's look at let's look at what the law is to start with. Um, maybe that because if, if we don't understand the law, the rest of this is going to be really confusing. So in this in this particular uh, what Paul is illustrating here, this is clearly the law of Moses because he's referring to the Jews have it, the Gentiles do not have it. So this is the law, the law that came down from God on Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. This is the law of God. But I, I believe that it would be completely acceptable to expand that thought to it being the Word of God. Okay? The, the Word of God. So, so we're referring here to the law uh, here in this text. <clears throat> now, it would be real easy to read this text. I'm all the time beating on you guys about context. Context, context, context. I am sure you're, you're tired of hearing it, but I'm not sure some of you still got it. So we're going to keep pounding on that, on that a little bit. It would, would it not be easy to read these scriptures and come to the conclusion that Paul is saying uh, that, that by doing what the Bible says, you can be justified with God? Does that make sense? It says, you know, that if you're not keeping the law, uh, that, that you're, that you're, you know, you're going to be judged by the law. And if, and if you don't know about the law, you're going to be judged. But then it says that if you hear it, and that's not good enough, but if you do it, that by the law shall be justified. So it would be really to take those verses out of context and say, if you just keep the law, you can go to heaven. No. No. You're right, Brother Spike. No. 
See, one thing about Bible interpretation is, in context, when we take this on what the, this book is teaching us, and what the Romans is teaching us, and what Paul is teaching us, and what the rest of the Scripture teaches, it clearly teaches we cannot be justified by works. We can't be justified by keeping God's word. So, so, so that is a clear understanding. But we, you understand how a preacher could get up, read two or three verses, and preach a message off those two or three verses and it'd be completely wrong because it doesn't line up with the rest of Scripture. But this is not teaching that by doing the law we are justified. It is explaining to us what the law does for us. And if we look at verse 12, it says, For as many as have not sin, have sinned without the law shall perish without the law. Now we studied out chapter 1 and we said this. May not seem right to you and I. By the way, we're not God. Okay, we're not God. That person who has never heard the gospel, that person who lives in a foreign country, that person who's never had any exposure to the gospel, the Bible said there's enough evidence that there is a God to judge you as guilty. You wake up in the morning and there's a sun in the sky. You have life. You know, a man and a woman create a life with a baby. All the things that happen, there's enough evidence to say there's something bigger than just you and I here on earth. Amen. So if God's saying there's even if you don't have a Bible and you don't have the gospel and you don't have a preacher, there's enough to look around and say there must be a God and you will be judged guilty even if you don't have the Bible. You say, I don't agree with that. Well, you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with God because God plainly said that you're going to be judged by, by, by all the evidence that are around you. And that's, that's chapter 1 and that's, where, that's without the law. But then Paul now moves on into those who have the law. So we have those who have no law, those who have no Bible, those who don't know the truth, and then we have those that know the truth. Okay? Some people know the truth. So not knowing the truth is not an excuse to let you into heaven. You still need Jesus. And knowing the truth is not enough for God to let you into heaven. Right? You can know it, and still deny it, and still go to hell. And that is the whole point of this scripture. And then it goes on to say that not the hearer of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. And then it says, that for when the Gentiles which have not, verse number 14, have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. Now here's where it gets real interesting. So, someone does not have a church. They do not have the gospel. They do not have a preacher. There's just something down on the inside of them that says it's wrong to take someone else's stuff. Isn't that something? There's just something inside of you that says uh, it's wrong to take someone else's wife. There's just something down inside of you that says uh, it, it's wrong to do wrong to other people. Now, they don't have a Bible. They don't have a preacher. But there's just something on the inside of them that says that's wrong. That's God-given. That's a God-given law, and it says it's written on your hearts. So here's the thing. You say, so, so the people who don't have the Bible still have the truth. Absolutely. But here's the thing. What does law do? Law condemns. We were judged guilty. If you know the Bible, and you really understand you understand that you were guilty. You understand you don't mark up to God's word and that you are judged as a sinner. If you don't have the Bible and you don't have a preacher, but there's something gnawing on the inside of you telling you that you're supposed to do right, there's also something gnawing on the inside of you that says you're not good enough. 
Is anybody following this? You're judged guilty both ways. You're judged guilty whether you have the law, whether you don't have the law. You are judged as guilty. A law written in your hearts, their conscience, that their thoughts, but that by their thoughts, it means while accusing or excusing one another. So if you understood that at all, I'd like to look at the purpose of law. So what we've, what we've determined now is there is a law and there is a law for those who have the Bible and those who do not have the Bible. Are you guys with me? Okay. So everybody falls under that, that umbrella of the law. So what's the law do for us? So point number one, God's standard. What is God's standard? Well, what does God's word say? What will it take for you to get to heaven? What, what does this blessed book say about God's law? You cannot go to heaven and you cannot be pleasing to God unless you keep 100% of God's standard. Are you guys with me? That's the standard. Listen, there's nowhere in here that says, well, keep, keep most of it. Keep, keep what you can. Keep what you like. There's, it doesn't say that. We're supposed to keep all of the law of God. Every last uh, jot and tittle we're supposed to keep. And that is God's standard. And by the way, to get into heaven, that's what it will take is a 100% perfect record to be sinless to enter into heaven. You say, Pastor, that's bad news. It is bad news. You know, what's wrong? you know what's wrong with the church today? We want a gospel without any bad news. We want a Jesus that saves. We're just not real sure what he saves us from. But you know, you never can get saved until you're judged as a sinner. You never can get to the place of being under conviction till you understand that you are damned because you have broken the law of God. No one ever gets saved and they don't come to the realization, I deserve to go to hell. We've been blessed in this church here lately in this church. Uh, you know, my kids were saved when I was little. Me and Renee were saved when we were little. Now, praise God, our, our, our grandkids are getting saved when they're little. And we have all these other little kids that are getting... But here's an amazing thing. Uh, if you haven't talked to Javi, you got to go talk to Javi. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it is amazing to talk to that little boy. But you talk to any of these little boys. They're not going to explain to you justification and sanctification and, and, and all the big words and all things. But you know what they're going to say? I don't want to go to hell. That's enough. That's enough. I've, you know, I've told you guys this story a hundred times, but I held little Rachel in my arms, three years old, and she looked over at me just as serious as she could be, and she said, Daddy, I don't want to go to hell. I said, well, honey, let's go get that fixed. And she's never turned back to this day. See, until we understand the law judges us as guilty, we can't get saved. If you're here this morning... And you're not keeping this book 100. You say, I'm a good person. I have good morals. I treat my neighbor good. I don't do anything real bad. If you're not keeping this book 100%, I mean without any flaw whatsoever, you're guilty. You are guilty. You you are guilty, judged uh, as, as guilty and worthy of hell. And that is God's standard. There are those who know the law. There are those who don't know the law. It does not matter. If you were here this morning, you've, if you're listening to us online, you've never been to church a day in your life, you've not been raised in a Christian home, you've never read the Bible, don't know anything about it, there's enough conscience in you to say, there is a God and I am guilty. And you will be damned 
for your sin. And that is the standard of God. That is the, that is the purpose of the law. <clears throat> now, that seems really, really But there's good news. Amen? There's good news. So in, in, in today we live in 2021... There are people everywhere around us. I want you to think about this. There are people all over this neighborhood and all over where we are around, all people around all the time, who don't know the Bible, and they're going to die and go to hell. Should that, should that get our attention? We have family members. Maybe they're good people. I don't doubt that at all. But they don't know Jesus. They will die and go to hell. Should that concern us? And there are some people sitting in church with a Bible under their arm that know the Bible, that don't have Jesus, and they will die and go to hell when this life is over. That ought to concern us. That is God's standard. So the law was given, never given to keep, never given to earn us salvation, never given to, if you do this, you will be able to go to heaven. It was given to show us you can't uh, live up to God's standard. You can't be acceptable to God. You need something bigger than you to get you into heaven. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So secondly, point number one, God's standard. Point number two, man's standard. Does man have a standard? Sure. Man has a standard. Okay. So deep down inside of all of us, there's there's that sense that we need to do better. Can we just admit, can anybody here admit it? You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to look at me. But... Can we all just admit it? There's something deep down inside of all of us that lets us know we're really just not good enough. Do you guys agree with that? I, can, we, can we agree on the fact that even as Christians, there's something inside of us that says, I'm not good enough? Am I the only one here? I, we're not good enough. We, we're, we don't meet up to God's standard. So man attempts to be pleasing to God. I want you to think about all the things that go on today. The, the social gospel, as I like to call it. We're going to go out and feed the hungry. We're going to go help the, the homeless. We're going to go uh, take care of the elderly. We're going to go help the orphans. We're going to do all All of those things are great. All those things are biblical. All those things are things we should be doing. But can I tell you, doing all of those things might make you feel better at the end of the day, but it will not save your soul. Will not save your soul. What I'm saying is, you have that guilty feeling, so i got to do something good so I don't feel so bad. But at the end of the day... You're still going to hell. And I've said it many, many times. Uh, you know, I don't think we do that at, at Sand Hill. Uh, but, but there are those who try to clean up sinners. Do you know how foolish it is to try to get people that are lost to live right? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? If they quit drinking, they're still going to go to hell. If they quit cussing, they're still going to go to hell. If they come to church every Sunday, they're still going to go to hell. Listen, our goal is not to clean up sinners. Our goal is to get sinners saved. Amen. And when we, they get saved, they will clean up. Because Jesus can clean them up. Amen? So, so, that, so man's standard. And so, so man often will say, I'll live a good moral life. I want to be acceptable with God. I'll live a good moral life. I'll be good to my neighbor. I'll give a little money to charity. I'll, I'll, I'll be kind to those that are in need. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be faithful to my wife. I'll take care of my kids. I've heard many times people say, he's a good moral man. Do you know good moral men go to hell? 
will not get you into heaven. It just won't. You can't be good enough to get to heaven. And then we have religious acts. We're going to do all these things that we think God's going to be impressed with because we do religious acts. So I'd like to real quick here interject in this message. I want to give you something. This will change your life. This will change our Sandhill Church. This will change everybody here. If you guys would only listen to this, what I'm about to say, this will, this will literally change everything about our church. Okay? See, Pastor, I don't believe that. Well, just listen to me for a minute. So we're still talking about man's standard. I'm going to say a real dirty word, but I, I heard a preacher explain this to me. I never heard it, heard it explained this way before. I just thought, wow, that just blows my mind. And I'm thinking to myself, this is what we need here at Sand Hill. If you guys would listen to this, uh, uh, it, it will change you. But <clears throat> there's a dirty word in the church today, and that word is legalism. You know, that's a dirty word. For most, if you're under the age of 50, under the age of 40, that is a dirty, dirty word. I mean, it's a, it's a, you might as well say I'm a blasphemy. When you say legalism, that, that's a terrible, terrible word. And legalism is, is setting up rules that say you have to keep these rules to be a Christian. Now, it's not in the Bible, and we have no Bible for it, but you have to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this if you want to be a Christian. And if you don't do this and this and this and this and this, you're not a Christian. That is legalism. What's the problem here, Tom? Do I got to stand real still? <laughs> So, legalism has got a very bad name. And in the churches, legalism has become just a, a horrible name, right? Have you ever thought about the fact, <clears throat> and we're going to define exactly what this is, so everybody knows, but this is, really, this is really life-changing. I really want you guys to pay attention. This is really, really important. Legalism, I want you to get this. Leg- Remember last Sunday I preached about body, soul, Legalism is trying to get your body to be spiritual. Think about that. (laughs) Can I tell you, I can wear the best church clothes to the church and make my body be wearing good church clothes and it does not make my spirit any more pleasing to God? Right? I can make my body not go certain places, not do certain... I can do all these different things, but I'm trying to force my body to be pleasing and acceptable to God. My flesh cannot please God. And by doing fleshly things, that does not make me pleasing to God. Pleasing to God is spiritual. Now, I'm going somewhere. You guys don't leave me here. Don't tune out. This is really important. Legalism says there's a list of rules. If you do them, you're a good Christian. If you don't do them, you're a bad Christian. That is adding Christ. It is, it is forcing your flesh to be good. So someone comes into the church, they get saved. Okay, you need to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this if you want to be a good Christian. And we're trying to force your flesh to do uh, those things. Now, have you been around church any time whatsoever? And I know some of this, what I'm preaching, is, is kind of, it's kind of went out of style. Legalism is, is very much being forced out of the church because people just won't have it. But how many of you ever have met someone? So, Georgia, how many, how many of you ever met that were told, if you don't wear a dress seven days a week, you're not a good Christian? Right? If you really love Jesus, you'll wear a dress seven days a week. How many of you ever known any of them sisters? They were mean, they were hateful, as rotten as a snake, and they were bitter because they had to wear that dress. Mm-hmm. But the preacher said, I have to if I go to heaven. How many of you think that pleases God? That doesn't please God at all, right? It's legalism. 
It's legalism. Right? It is a forced rule. And here's how it was done years ago. Again, this has went out of style. Churches wouldn't have it. But here's how it went. This is how it went when I was a kid. The, because you have no Bible, do you know how you get people to do that? You browbeat them. You guilt them into it. You will address. And if you don't, you don't love Jesus. And praise God, if you want to be pleased to God, you will. And if you don't, God hates you. Okay, I'll wear a dress. I'm going to be mad about it, but I'll wear a dress, right? That's legalism. That's not Bible. So this is really important. This is, this is life changing. This, is, this, is, this will blow your mind because just listen to me. Okay? So a generation ago, they said legalism is how we're going to run our churches. We're going to have rules. We're going to make you do them. Whether you like it or not, whether you love Jesus or not, you're going to do these rules. And if you don't do these rules, we know you're obviously not a good Christian. Guess what the next generation came along and did? We're going to run as far away from legalism as we can. We're going to run way over here to license. And now the motto is, I'm going to talk about our... By the way, I think we have the greatest young people in the whole world, okay? I think you're going to go really far to find anybody who has better young people than we have. But I'm going to preach a little bit to young people this morning. Okay? All right. Thank you, Sister Georgia. Georgia, give me permission. I'm good. All right, ready. Listen. So, so the next generation comes up and they say, yeah, mom and dad, they were all about legalism. We're going to run way over here to license. And now we don't have to do anything the Bible doesn't say. We can dress any way we want. We can go anywhere we want. We can do anything we want. We can live any way we want. We can throw all the standards out the door. And we don't have to do anything because we don't want to be a legalist. And a legalist, be, and then if a preacher gets up and tries to preach how to live, legalist. You legalist. Well, a legalist is someone who says, in order to go to heaven, you have to do something that's on my list. That's a legalist. And a legalist is one who tries to force your flesh to do something spiritual, which it cannot do. So the generation comes up and they say, I have a license. I live under grace. I can do anything I want if it's not in the Bible. I got your attention now a little bit, all right, you guys too. This is, gonna be, this is so good. This is just this is so good. This is so good. Steve's with me, all right? It's, this is good. Legalism says you have to, you're not a good Christian. And we're going to make you do it whether you want to or not. And even if you got a bad attitude, we're still going to make you do it. License says, I don't want to be a legalist. I want to take all the standards out of the church. There'll be no standards left. Everything just goes out the door. I can live any way I want to. I mean, I, gotta, I can't commit fornication, and I, and I can't uh, cuss. And there's two or three things I can't do that the Bible says. And besides that, I am free to live any way I want to. And let's just stop right here in the message. Is that where the next generation's at? It's exactly where they're at. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Throw it all out the door. Nothing matters. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not per se saying our young people. I'm saying the next generation. I'm saying if you're under 30, get as far away as you can from any kind of rule there is. Just live, let's just uh, throw it all out the door. And let's have church without any standards, with anything that's ever... And really, here's what they mostly say. If it was done 30 years ago, we don't want it in this church. Are you right? If it was done 30 years ago, we don't want it in this church. And, And so you go to these churches, and you go there, and it literally looks like they're going to the bar. It literally looks like they... And sometimes, they that's where they just come from. Right? And, and it, it is so worldly and it is so corrupted and it is so bad. But here, here's the mind-blowing thing that changes everything. So you can be here, and can I just be real honest? I, I'm, I'm being very blunt. We've got a church full of visitors. I'm going to be just blunt this morning. we got some legalists in this church. 
we got some legalists in this church who believe that if you don't do this and this and this and this and this, you're not a good Christian. Now, I'm going to preach something in a minute. I'm just going to make everybody offended, okay? I'm going to be an equal opportunity offender this morning, okay? I'm going to preach here in a minute how we're supposed to live. Haven't got there yet. But it bothers me. It bothers me that someone could get behind this desk and they could preach false doctrine and I'll never have one of you come talk to me. I mean, no one will ever say, well, Brother Hebrews preached false doctrine. That, that never comes up. To me, that ought to be like number one thing. But if someone gets up there and preaches without a tie on, I'll have four or five of you pulling me aside and say, wait, whoa, 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 we can't be church. We can't be a church. <laughs> now, now, there's something wrong with that. Okay? So, so that's leaning. Basically what you're saying is legalism says, if you don't do this, you're not a Christian. License says, I can do anything I want to. I don't need any kind of standard. I can live any way I want to. But there is a third alternative, and it is where we're supposed to be. And it is where this church is supposed to be. And this is where this church is going to be, whether you like it or not. All right? We don't need legalism that, 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 that kills the church. And license will completely liber- will turn us into liberals, and there will be nothing left of our church. But there's another, there's another option... Has anybody ever read a little wor- little thing called The Law of Liberty? The Law of Liberty. Do you know I live under the law of liberty? I'm under grace. Praise God. My sins are gone. My righteousness is by Jesus Christ. I'm not earning my salvation. I'm not doing good things to make God like me more. I'm not doing good things hoping I'll get to heaven. I am liberty to be living under grace. But while living under grace, the Holy Spirit can still control my life. Amen? And I just say this. I believe we need standards in church. I think we need more standards in church. I believe we need uh, to hold a line on some things so we don't just throw them all out the door. But I do believe we need to do it for the right reason. You need to do it for the right reason. It isn't just a list of rules, you're going to keep it, praise God. <clears throat> God help me. <laughs> God help me. There are some people here who don't understand the standards that we have. You know what I say? Be patient. Be patient. There are some people who have come in who have never been in church a day in their life and don't understand and everything, and it is not right to say, you will do what we say if you love Jesus. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. You know what the Bible says? The Holy Spirit will deal with them. I've had them in my office. I said, honey, this is what we believe. Whenever the Lord deals with you, I'd like you to start doing this. When the Lord starts dealing with them, it's going to be a whole lot better than me. And when they say, this is what I should do, now they'll be doing it for the right reason, instead of because I forced them to do it. Is anybody following this whatsoever? Anybody following this? Thank you, Brother Steve. I appreciate that. So, law of liberty. Law of liberty. I am free to do anything I want to. Listen, I get up here in a pair of shorts, and I know you wouldn't want to see that, but I get up here in a pair of shorts and a tank top, some flip-flops, and, and, a, and a Hawaiian hat on, and I can preach a gospel. And you can't take the Bible and show me that I'm wrong. Right? But listen, that takes us a long ways down the road we don't want to go. Amen? Now, I believe that I have a right to tell all of our preachers when they get in the stand, they're going to dress up and look like a preacher. I believe I have that right. So you don't have any Bible for it. I still have the right. And I'm the pastor, and that's what I'm going to do, okay? <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I heard a story. This is an interesting story. 
He said, I don't believe in all that foolishness. Well, I heard an interesting story. All right? This is a true story. I, 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 I apologize. I don't know for sure the president, but I believe it was, it was one of the Bushes. <clears throat> but this is how the story goes. He was sitting in the Oval Office, President of the United States, and forever since our country has been, no one had ever done this before, ever. And one of the senators came in, and he had on a leisure suit, and he had on just a plain shirt with no tie. And he walked into the Oval Office, and that president looked at him and said, This is the Oval Office of the United States of America. You get out of here until you dress like you respect this place. Is anybody understanding now? I've been made so fun of for the way I dress. All, all my ministry I've been made fun of. I was made fun of for the Southerners who didn't believe in dressing up. And then I get made fun of for the Moderners who don't want to dress up. But can I tell you, this is important to me. This is important to me. Come in here, it ought to look like this is important to you. When you get behind that sacred desk, you ought to look like this is important. Well, the Bible doesn't say. No, the Bible doesn't say that. But here's what I want you to understand. Can I tell you, my mom and dad never told me that I had to dress this way. No, none of you ever told me. Most of you told me not to dress this way. Okay? Most of you said, oh, Pastor, we'd, we'd love you just much if you just put on something comfortable and put on your polos and be happy. Right? I can't do that. Because this is important. This is, but here's what I want you to get. The law of liberty. So the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, Pastor, uh, you need to wear a suit and tie when you preach because this is important. The Bible does not say that. I have liberty to get up here in my shorts and in my tank top. Right? I have liberty. But the Holy Spirit says this is what you should do. Here's the difference I want to see. The Holy Spirit, back to last week's summer, is talking to my spirit. And my spirit submits to it. And so I have joy. Can I tell you, I have joy wearing this clothes. I'm not grieved. I'm not offended. I'm not, man, I wish I could be like that church down the road and wear jeans and a doctor and be comfortable. I can't wait to get these clothes off. I hate wearing them. Man, they make me dress like, no, I am thrilled to look like a preacher. I am thrilled to be recognized. You know, if I go in a store dressed like this, they're going to say, you, you either a car salesman or you're a preacher, right? I mean, you, there's some reason you dressed up, right? But, but you know, if you go, if you go to a, a certain occupation, they will tell you, if you want to work here, you will dress like this. If you don't dress like this, you ain't going to work here. I heard a preacher say this. I'm, I'm trying to go on, but I, this, is, this is so good. I want you guys to get this. I heard a preacher say this. Have you ever thought about this fact? The liberal churches down the street where the preacher's got his shorts and his, and his uh, Bermuda shorts and, uh, and uh, tank tops and all that. I want you to understand this. They will, they will bash us for having standards. But you know everybody has a standard? The liberal churches have a standard. Now it might be way, way low, but I'm guessing you can't come in there completely naked. Right? There, there is some standard. There, there, no, there is some point they would say, uh, no, can't do that here. Right? So there's a standard. It might be a very, very low standard, but there's a standard. So everybody has standards. So what I'm trying to say is, wouldn't it be good if we could live under liberty instead of under law? Wouldn't it be good instead of living under license and say, I'm going to dress any way I want to, do anything I want to, go anywhere I want to. I'm just going to live any way I want to because I don't have any Bible to stop me. That's a dangerous slide you're going down. That's a dangerous place you're sliding down. And what is the end result? <clears throat> Are you guys with me? I'm going I'm I'm to give you. This is, this is liberty. This is not law. This is liberty. This is not law. I, uh, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, quit listening to country music. Quit listening to worldly music of any kind. Okay? 
Does the Bible say you cannot listen to worldly music? Don't give me to be separated from the world, okay? I understand that. But does the Bible specifically say you cannot listen to any worldly music? It doesn't say that. So some young person, someone can be, oh, I don't have the Bible, it doesn't say I can't, so I'm going to do anything I want to. You have that freedom. But the, Bible, but the Lord told me, if you wouldn't do that, you could be more pleasing to me. So in my spirit, not in my body, but in my spirit, I said, yes, Lord, I will do that. So I submitted to that, not listening to worldly music. Now, I'm not going to be up here railing on you. If you guys want to be good Christians, you'll be just like me. I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. That's, that's liber- legalism. But liberty says, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I am not doing this because I have to. I'm doing this because I willingly submit. Am I making sense at all? Now, when I wake up in the morning, for about uh, two or three weeks now, every single morning I wake up and I uh, um, bring it to the Lord. Is that what I did, Renee? Bring it all to Him. Thank you. I, every morning I wake Can I tell you, I can't tell you the joy of getting out of bed and the first thing that comes to my mind is that song. And when I'm making breakfast, I'm just a, that song looks like it's just in my head and I can't get it out and I'm just rejoicing and I'm just, so I look back to the Holy Spirit 20 years ago who told me to do this. I say, thank you. Thank you. This is good. It's a good place I live. I'm not in rebellion. I'm not in, uh, I'm mad about doing this. I don't want to do this. Wish I could listen to that country music. I'm not there. I am, I'm so thankful that you gave me something so much better than what you had before. Am I making sense to anybody whatsoever? By doing what God says and by my spirit surrendering, I'm not living under legalism. I'm not living under a law. I'm not living under license whatever they want to. I am living under the law of liberty, which says I will submit to the Holy Spirit and live a holy life, and I will be pleasing to God, and I will have a better life because I have what God wants. And I've never given anything up to God that I was that I, that was uh, that made my life worse. So I believe we need some standards. To do this. Now, I said I was going to talk to the young people. Some of you young people, uh, you might want to sit down because you're going to fall off your seat if you don't. Okay, this is, a, I know this is a very extreme uh, uh, illustration, okay, but I, I made it extreme on purpose. But I want you to imagine, okay, and, and you older people can just go sleep for a minute because this ain't going to have anything to do with you, okay? What if I, as the pastor of this church, what if I said, if you want to come to this church, there will be no more video games. If you touch a video game, you're not allowed in this place. Right? What about that? Right? Some of you say, I ain't coming back to church. I'll just stay home. My video game is way more important to me than coming to church. And truth is, that's what some would do. They would say, my video game is more important to me than coming to church. Listen, this is really important. There are others who would say, I'll give it up, but I'm so mad about it, I'm going to spit. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody I know how much I hate the pastor. I'm going to run everybody down. I am bitter. I am mad. I hate this rule. It is stupid. He doesn't have any Bible for it. There's no reason to do it. I, I hate it. I, I, I want my video game and I, don't want, and I don't want to do this and I hate it. Legalism. Does anybody get this? This is legalism. What about if you're here this morning and the Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder and says, you should give up a video game. About that. Now it's not me. Now it's not legalism. Now it's not a list of rules. Now it is the Holy Spirit. So you pull me aside. You're, you're 20 years old. You pull me aside this, this morning. You go back in your office and say, Pastor, I am really struggling. The Holy Spirit is telling me to give up video games and it's my whole life. 
I don't think I can live without it, Pastor. I don't think I can live a life without video games. I, I, I have to have it. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me that I should. And I counsel you to listen to the Holy Spirit. You give up your video games. You come back to me and say, Pastor, I'm about to die. I, 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 I'm dying. I don't have my video games. I'm dying. Some of you older people think about if they asked you to give up your phone, it'd be just as bad, right? If we had to quit Facebook, it'd be the end of the world, right? Uh, so, so don't just put down the... I'm just using this for an illustration. We could, I can make an illustration to every last one of you. Here's my point. A year from now, that young person comes back to me and says, Pastor, you know what? A year ago, the Lord asked me to give up my video games. My life is so much better than it's ever been before. I spend more time praying... I spend more time talking to the Lord. I read more Bible. I'm more involved in the church. Uh, my life is full. I have joy. I have peace. I'm not resentful, but I'm rejoicing in the law of liberty because I'm doing what God asked me to do. Not because of a list of rules, but because the law of liberty said I can do it and be free. Is anybody getting this? So we need standards. We need, we need to live by standards. And by the way, let me get this in and then I'll, go, and then I'll, I'll give you the rest of the message. I just want you to think about this. It is hard for me to believe that my kids are almost 30 years old. <laughs> that just blows my mind. I don't think I'm any older than that. But anyways, it just blows my mind. We're no longer the younger generation. But here's the thing. My kids are no longer the kid generation. They're grown up. I want all of you to listen to me very clearly. I think we have the best kids. In. I'm not beating up on you. I just want you to think about this. I want you to think about where your kids are going to be when I'm gone. Throw all the standards out the door. Modernize everything. Get rid of everything. We don't need anything. If it's not, we're just going to have license to do anything we want to. I want you to think about Kaysen and Callan and Peyton and Javi and, and Jonah and Kari and Juliet and all of our precious people. Whenever this pastor's dead and gone, I'm not here anymore. And we all get rid of all them standards. Let's just live anywhere we want to, dress anywhere we want to, do anything we want to. Where will they be? Where will they be? Can you just really interest? I, I, Lord, I'm trying not to take up a lot of time on this, but I got to give you this thought because this is kind of hilarious to me. If cycles run as cycles do, my dad told me this a long, long time ago when I was just a little kid. He said, Life runs in a cycle. Here's a hilarious one for you. Here's a hilarious one for you. Everybody listen to me? Is everybody listening? Here's a hilarious one for you. There is a thing that because the generation that's now adults are, are throwing out standards, that the next generation will be farther down. There's another alternative. Do you know why this generation is throwing out standards? Because they're mad at the generation before them that had wrong standards. Do you know what could happen? Kaysen could stand up and say, Mom and Daddy wouldn't do what's right. I'm going back to where things are supposed to be. And they'll revolt against the younger generation. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that, is anybody getting what I'm saying? What I'm saying is, let's do this for the right reason. Listen, if someone did something wrong before, that's not a reason for you to change things. And because there's not a chapter and verse, that's not a reason for you to change things. But you know what we need to do? There's a law of liberty, and that law of liberty says, I will do what God wants me to, have joy when I do it. And that's how we're supposed to have church. I believe in Sand Hill we need standards. I believe we need a right and wrong. I believe we need a way to live. I believe we need to do it because of the law of liberty and not because of us being forced into it. So, moving right along... Jesus' standard. So we have the law condemning us, whether you're, whether you're in church or out of church, whether you know the Bible, whether you don't know the Bible, you are judged as guilty. 
We have man's attempt to do all of these things, uh, religion and, and, and morals and, and good works and all the different things, and all these religion, all these things man tries to do, man's standard tries to do to be pleasing to God. But none of those things get us there. But then don't you think, God, there's a Jesus standard. There's a Jesus standard. So the law of God condemns me because I cannot keep it. But the gospel, see, Jesus said, very plainly, if you're here lost this morning, I want you to hear this. The, the, Jesus said, all of Gary's sins, I want you to give them to me, and I will go pay for Gary's sins. And he died for everything I've ever done wrong or ever will do wrong. He died for it and paid the price. And then he said, Gary, because you can't keep the law of God, if you'd like to go to heaven, you just got to believe in me. Amen. And if you believe in me, you can go to heaven. That's right, brother. We got to just stop right there and shout. It's all about Jesus. If you're lost this morning and you have the idea in your head you need to straighten up your life, start doing better, clean things up, get in a better way, that is a wrong thing to do. You need to come just as dirty as you can and come to Jesus and say, I am a sinner and I need a Savior and He will wash away all of your sins and right now you can be a Christian and go to heaven. That is the Jesus standard. That is the Jesus standard. And boy, praise God for it. Praise God for it. So we have God's standard, which is His holy word, which we're not able to keep. We have man's standard, His attempt to be pleasing to God that we just can't do no matter how much we do. And then we have Jesus' standard who says, just come to me and I'll make you white as snow. Can I just be real honest? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you ought to be running to the altar right now. If you have not put your faith in... See, we call it trust in Jesus. Here's why. When I lay my head down on the pillow tonight, I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm going to heaven. Not because I didn't do anything wrong today. Sister Tina told us. Not because I didn't do anything wrong today. Not because I haven't failed him. Not because I haven't let him down. Not because I'm perfect. But when I lay my head on my pillow tonight, I am trusting in Jesus. That when I die... He will be enough. Now there's one way I won't go to heaven. That's if Jesus is not enough. You follow that? If Jesus is not enough, I don't get to go to heaven. If Jesus is enough, I get to go to heaven. I'm trusting in Jesus that He's enough. I'm trusting that God will accept Jesus. I think that's a pretty good bet. I think that's a pretty good bet. I'm going to heaven because of Jesus. Anything else will not do. Anything else will not do. So we've, we've concluded that it's all about Jesus. Here's what I want Sand Hill Church to think about. We'll have an altar call. We're going out next Sunday. We're going to try to invite people to church to the Easter service. I'd like to challenge every one of you here to be a part of that. Let me stop you right here and ask you this. Here's what some of you say. That's just not my thing. Not my thing. It's not my, I don't want to go. Miguel, he's called to be an evangelist. But Miguel, I hope it's okay that I share this. You know what he's told me? He doesn't want to go either. <laughs> he said, I'll knock on that door and that guy might chew me out. But he said, I have to go. I have to go. See, you don't get the option to be here and say, well, that's not me. If you're a Christian, that's you. 
Okay? Now, we've just said that there are people all around us on their way to hell. And they're going to literally burn in hell. Me and Renee watched a TV show last night. Uh, and this lady was literally on fire. And when it got done, her skin, she was just, just burned up. Can you think about spending eternity like that forever and ever and ever and ever? Now, there are people right next door and all around here that will die and go to hell if someone doesn't tell them about Jesus. Will you? Will you? And we need to be doing this. Here's a picture the Lord's gave me. I said we're going to do church on purpose. We're going to do church on purpose. Okay? And if I seem kind of bold this morning, it's because I really feel like God's got his thumb up my back, okay? And, but here's what the Lord has re- been revealing me. And, and this, was, this was haunting me before COVID sent in. And it, is, and it is, God's not giving me any choice on this matter. I think we have a phenomenal church. I think we have tremendous peace. I, I love you guys. You guys are just some of the best Christians. And, and I absolutely love you guys. And we come out here every Sunday. You guys are faithful. Most of you are here every service. And we preach a Bible. And you guys are listening. And you guys are moving up. And you guys are going closer. And we are just doing phenomenal. And we do all kinds of work around. We do everything else. But here's what God said. I believe God really said this plainly to me. He said, it's like you're, you're building a mighty army that is equipped and that is trained and that, that has all of everything they need to fight the battle, but they never leave the house. we got some of the best Christians in the country here. And we want to stay inside these four walls and worship Jesus. Now, I praise God for the worship services. I praise God for the learning. I praise God for everything, how we're growing spiritually. But can I tell you, it's time we go tell people about Jesus so they don't die and go to hell. And I'm just asking all of you to, to be a part of that. So here's my challenge to you. We're done. There's my challenge to you. We haven't done this in a while, but um, I, I feel this is what the Lord has, would have us to do. <clears throat> now, this isn't legalism. This is the law of liberty, okay? <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't get that. Okay. I'm going to ask everybody here to fast. From now until Easter, I'm going to ask you to fast. I'm going to ask us to, you know, we went door to door before. We're going to go door to door. And Brother Miguel, we're going to expect something to happen. We're going to expect God to draw people to this church. We're going to plan on God moving and bringing people to this church. Now, I like to think about this. Fasting. Boy, that's an ugly word, isn't it? That's, that's right up there with legalism. <laughs> right? that's, that's an ugly, ugly word, right? And, and when, when you talk about Baptists not eating, that's just, a, that's just a bad, bad word, right? Right? And I'm with you on that. But we preached last Sunday, and, and I, I'm going to ask you to pray about this, do what you want to. You can just not do the fast, and that's between you and God. But I'm asking you as your pastor, if you love his church, I'm asking you to fast. Okay? But here's what, I want to, here's what I want you to think about. Body, soul, and spirit. Fasting is supposed to be something your body doesn't like. Your body says, I don't want to do that. Your body says, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Your spirit says, yes, we are. And your body says, oh, no, we're not. Right? Anybody ever had that? Anybody ever had that thing? Uh, because I've had this about every time I've ever done it. But ever, anybody ever had that thing, you're going to fast for a few days? What happens about halfway through the first day? Your body says, you better feed me. Feed me now. And your body says, don't make it. You got, and your body's fighting. And your spirit says, yes, I am. And your body says, no, I'm not. Now, what if that was giving up your phone for two weeks? What if that was not watching TV for two weeks? What if that was, you know, fill in the blank? Whatever it is that your body enjoys. In other words, what I'm saying is, I'm not telling you that you, that you have to, uh, uh, if the Lord tells you to give up food, you have to give up food. 
If it's something you really enjoy, you ought to give it up. But what I'm telling you is, when the body is not happy, it's a good sign spirit's on track. Are you with me? And if we would fast, not to bend God's arm to make Him do something, but to get our spirit in line with Him, I believe God could do great things. And wouldn't it be great to see a house full of people here on Easter and see a whole bunch of people saved? Now I want to ask everybody here, and I'm going to have alcohol. I want to ask all you good Christians here that I love so much at Sand Hill, is it worth it to you if we could see, if we could see, if we see one soul saved, I hope it would, if we could see three or four or five people saved on Easter Sunday, would it be worth it to you to fast the next two weeks? Would it be worth it to you to go knock on someone's door? We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.